Hey, y'all. <laughs> Come on in. Come on in, y'all. Give yourselves a hug. You all right. We good. Welcome to the Bruised Flowers Podcast. My name is Tanisha, and I am here with my special guest, Morgan, an absolutely, totally courageous person who is ready to indulge and share her story. And I am so ready. Oh, Lord. I hope y'all ready. It's going to be a lot. <laughs> a lot, a lot. A whole lot. We always got to shout out 21 Savage for that. A lot. <laughs> I just love that. I'm good. Well, welcome. Thank you for coming, girl. Anything for you, ma'am. All right. So let's get right to the point. Who are you? What do you do? And why are you here today with me? Well, first of all, I'm here with you at this moment because I support everything you do. You're just such a beautiful person. Ever since the first time I met you, we had that vibe, that connection. But I am here right now to really indulge and tell my story. I'm 34 years old. I have one beautiful son. I'm married to a crazy man. Lord Jesus, <laughs> pray for me all. Aren't we all. And I'm a correction officer. So let's go. You're a correctional officer? Yes. This pretty face is a correction officer. You ever got hit in the face? Nah, baby. I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I ain't took no L's yet. <laughs> no L's. <laughs> Wow, all right, so correctional officer, that is an intense position to hold. Yeah, it Why? is, but you'll be surprised. It's a lot of women in corrections. Why did you choose to do corrections? Um, before corrections, I was a teacher assistant, and it's not that different. I'm babysitting grown people. What? Yeah, I'm babysitting grown people. It's not that different from teaching children? No, at least these people I get to curse at and put my hands on. In teaching, I couldn't do that. Oh. <laughs> I ain't never hurt nobody kids. <laughs> well, people that are in prison or jail, hold on, you're, you work at a jail or prison? County jail. County jail? Yes. I heard the county jail is the worst. It's, it is worse than prison. Yeah? Yeah, but it's not like the movies. It's, this is not Orange is the New Black, y'all. <laughs> it is not. But yeah, county is, is different because you have people coming in and out. We have state sentence people, people that just freshly getting arrested off the streets. Mm -hmm. So you have an influx. It's people constantly in and out of the facility. And with the pandemic, it has made everybody's life way worse. Wow. All right, so let's pull it back. You were teaching yes. prior to doing corrections. So Correct. how did you decide to come out of teaching to corrections? To be honest, the money. There's no money in teaching. Mm -hmm. And I just lost a passion for it. You know, I was, if I would have stayed, I would have been doing people's children a disservice. And I love the kids. I love children, but I found myself torn because it just wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. I would come home, be tired every day, and I didn't have that same energy that I invested mm -hmm. in other people's kids to give to my own child. So at that point, I, I had to find another way. And with corrections, I could basically write my own check because the overtime is there. You know the overtime is there. <laughs> so it was better for my family at the time. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, you were doing other children a disservice. Yeah. That's, that's an honest statement. It is an honest statement. And I wish more people in the education field would be honest with themselves because there's plenty of teachers out there. Baby, you should have retired five, six years ago. Mm. Now, do you feel like if more money 
was involved or you were in a better financial position teaching, do you feel like that could have changed your... No, because my son. It, it all goes back to my son because I just didn't have that energy. I was putting so much into other people's children that when I got home, I was dead tired. So even if the money was there, I probably still wouldn't have stayed. No. What's your son's name? Major. Major Lee, yes, he is my only son. He's 10 and the boy is bigger than me now. So I'm struggling with that, <laughs> struggling. Why did you decide to name him Major? Um, first of all, my name is Morgan. My sister's name is Madison. And initially I thought he was gonna be a girl. Mm -hmm. But when I found out he was gonna be a boy, I was like, I want my son to have a powerful name. Like, I want when people say his I name, like I want people to be like, damn. Mm -hmm. And I like short names. And it started with the M, so it just flowed. But yes, major was very, it's very fitting for him. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, you did a major thing. <laughs> by leaving um, the educational field yeah. to pursue other things that will eventually benefit other people's children. So good thing you removed yourself. I'm proud of you. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you. You're Two welcome. snaps for that. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey. All right. So back to this correction stuff. Oh, I'm like so impressed because when I started doing your lashes and you told me what you did, I was like, no, no, not yeah, you. Yeah, I get that not a lot. You. I get that a lot. But you will be surprised. Like, it's a lot of women in corrections. It's a lot of black women in mm -hmm. corrections. Even though the majority of the people in corrections here where we are, are white men, in places of authority, sergeants, chiefs, it's black women. Do you feel empowered? Oh yes, honey. When I see these sisters with their stars and stripes, I'm like, <laughs> yes, we doing that because we're doing it in all avenues of life. And with law enforcement, with everything that's going on within our community, people don't see that. Mm -hmm. People really don't see that. They think it's just the other people. But we're in law enforcement as well, and we are doing good things in law enforcement, especially in corrections. Care, custody, and control. Care, we ain't out custody, in the streets. and control. Right, we ain't out in the streets arresting people. But when you get to us, we try to take care of you. Mm-hmm. But it's some trying times. Do you have any any of the inmates who you bonded with or who you resonate with, like when they share their stories with you? Yes. Um, right now, I'm in admin. I'm in the court office, so I push a lot of paper. Everybody that goes to jail, your court docket has touched and passed my hands from county sentence to state sentence. I've touched your docket. As far as when I was in housing, it was a juvenile. Um, this young lady was 17 years old mm -hmm. and was facing like felony threes. What does that mean? Sexual battery charges. Wow. She, now mind you, she's a child. She's 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Facing sexual battery charges. So what did that do to you? It was, it was touching. It was sad. Like I used to come to work every day. Since she's a juvenile, she can't be housed with adult women. Mm -hmm. So we literally, it was like I said, we were babysitting. We used to sit in her dorm. She had a giant dorm to herself. And just talking to this young lady, it was the things that she'd been through. She'd been through more stuff than me and you mm. as a child. So it really makes you feel 
humble. Like we think about our childhood, oh, my mama this, and I'm not getting along with my mom, I'm running away. Some people have really been through some things and you can't hold that against them. How do you, how do you go home after dealing with inmates all day? How do you go home and turn it off? That ride from County Jail to Oak Leaf. I just listen to music. I listen what kind to music. of music? What kind of music you be listening Honey, to? Honey, okay, in the mornings, I'm a whole thug. I'm a whole rapper. I'm a whole trapper in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get amped up before you yeah, hit the street. I gotta put that game face on because it's some long days. Now, the wind down from home, I'm listening to Sade, Her. I'm mm. listening to Neo, 90s R&B plays heavily. I'm, an, I'm an 80s baby, but that 90s R&B baby, it, it does something to my mm -hmm. spirit. And when I get home, I don't talk about work. Your husband ever asked you about your day? That was our number one rule when I joined um, law enforcement. He doesn't want to hear anything about my job. Wow. Do yeah. you feel like more relationships can thrive if you don't talk about work, if you don't bring it home? Um, or you feel it's important that they know what you're experiencing throughout the day? Maybe with other women in their their jobs, but with corrections and law enforcement, it's best that you you separate it. You keep it separated because look at me, I'm five four, 150 pounds, and I'm working around killers, dealers. <laughs> I mean, I'm being honest. I'm working around people that have murdered people. Mm -hmm. My husband don't want to hear that. Because as a man, your job is to protect your wife, protect your, you know, mm -hmm. and that was always a struggle for him. So no, we don't talk about work. I done been in plenty fights. I done tased, sprayed people, and that stuff has to be, you have to learn how to departmentalize. Mm. Because if you mix the two, baby, we might be in some trouble. You ever bring that home though? Like you've been angry about something that happened at work and you just put your husband in the rear naked choke? No. <laughs> Tell the truth. <laughs> no, but it's been some times where I'm like, honey, I went through the police academy. You think you could fight? Ooh. Baby, don't you don't want to square up with me. <laughs> you don't want to square up with me. Don't like, let come on, more. We can't hmm. beat up no men. I ain't gonna put my hands on a man. But at the same time, like I've been through a lot to get to where I am. Mm -hmm. And each day is something new. It's something new at my job every day. I be trying not to come and tell y'all the stories, but. Well, you know, I like to hear stories. I yeah. listen to stories all it's, day. You'll be surprised. County Jail needs a whole reality TV show. People will be surprised what goes on behind those brick walls. Well, you know, they do have a show. Um, I think it's called 48, 48, Something, something like that, where they have uh, civilians coming to the prisons yeah. or the jails. And that, that stuff might be scripted. I, I think it's a little stupid <laughs> because it ain't no way you about to come in there and just, you know what I'm saying, ask me certain questions or you get to leave out of the pot when some of the correctional officers come in there because I watched that and I'm just like, nah. Nah. Alright, y'all gotta figure this out daily. Right. County jail, you'll be surprised girl, county jail is, like I say, it's way worse than prison if if anybody has ever been to county jail. I've been to the county. Y'all already know, like, <laughs> It's, you're in a concrete block. You're in the, that's the jungle for real. Mm -hmm. Like, it's women that come in there that are 18, 20 years old, strung out on drugs, like strung out going through withdrawals in jail. 
and for me to have to see that every day it really it really puts you in a different headspace honestly because you leave your family you leave your nice cozy home and once you cross the county jail it's a different world like so you feel hardcore like are you hardened by the things you see that goes on behind a lot of stuff does not phase me honestly mm -hmm. like watching the news it doesn't phase me because i'm around the, i'm around it so much it's like it desensitizes you honestly wow. like it's like being in the military exactly and i know you can relate to that mm -hmm. like you see so much that nothing you it hardens it hardens you really but it also brings everything to light reality and i use that with my son like i tell him i don't sugarcoat nothing there's people out in this world that will real deal hurt you mm -hmm. it's people that will snatch you from your parents take you out your comfort zone this little boy is 10 years old right now in our city toting choppers 10 years old well, if you know those children, um, <laughs> keep them clean away from me. Right, but it's you have to it's face. Sad. You have to face it. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's people out here that are troubled for real, and it's tough. Have you ever had an inmate that uh, that was like a major headliner that came through? Yeah, it's a lot. I've. Um, when you come inside the county jail and say it's a high profile case, you're gonna be in an eye block. You're gonna be on lockdown. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna be around any other inmates. And a correction officer literally has to sit in a chair like we're sitting at in front of your cell and watch you. Have you ever had to post up in front of somebody's cell? Oh yeah. That Pl you watched on the news? Plenty of times. How did it make you feel? Like I say, nothing really phases me, honestly. Like, I don't, I can't bring in their charges because at the end of the day, my job is to take care of them. So you've killed people, and if you're in our facility, my job is to take care of you, to make sure you're good, make sure you're healthy, make sure to try to keep you in your right mind. If you need medicine, we got medical staff. So you cannot, how we are, how we might have, you cannot be biased. You literally, you're there to take care of the inmate regardless. So. How could you not be biased? Like if you I can't. know that you, say if a person is there and they, you know, they murdered a child or something. Mm -hmm. As a mother and as a person who loves children regardless, like how can you separate it? Like, you know, if it was me, and I know I'm wrong for saying this. You might not get your lunch or your dinner, you know, or... You can't, because at the I don't end... Know. You have to think about it. Mm -hmm. um, in the beginning, I struggled with stuff like that. Um, when I was in training, I had to escort a man who had literally raped and oh, killed. Oh, my, we're not gonna, we got to just say the R word. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a very touchy subject, so we're going to say the R word. Okay. The R word. All right a child and murdered that child. I had to escort him and I literally felt, just being close to him like this, escorting him back to so I felt this is what it must feel like to be in the presence of evil. Like, I, I just felt- Ooh. Say that again. I felt weird. Ooh. Like I felt like I was in the presence of evil. Like I literally felt like I was in a twilight zone. Shake it. <laughs> I felt like I was in a twilight zone. And I remember just like standing and just looking at the back of his head, like 
hit this the devil. That's what it feel like to be standing next mm -hmm. to the devil. But if that man would have collapsed on that floor and passed out, guess what I would have did? What would you have rendered done? aid? Yes. That's my job because no matter the crime, no matter if you come in robbing, stealing, killing, dealing, when you're in that facility, my job is care, custody, and control. I'm gonna do that for you. Because at the end of the day, me and you could be locked up, baby. Mm, well, I mean, I, <laughs> I was behind those bars once upon a time. Okay, yeah. <laughs> now I'm, I'm about to be the host. You're gonna have to uh, tell me about this. Well, I didn't do a major crime like that, but I was known to drive with a suspended license. A lot. Okay, let me just pause you real quick, friend. <laughs> let me just pause you real quick. In the state of Florida, all of the people that come inside the county jail, why y'all ain't got no license? Why y'all ain't got no license? I went to jail in Ohio. County jail, period. Terrible. It's the petty stuff. The license. Never even had a driver's license. How, you 55? <laughs> How are you 55 and never had a driver's license? Listen, these rules, these rules before I changed my life were really uh, trying. So I used to actually drive to court with a suspended license and <laughs> y'all ain't know she was a real thug out here in these streets <laughs> and i know one time i was actually leaving from uh my army unit right mm -hmm. I, I i drove did my training all that stuff speeding home and i'm speeding home and i seen those lights flash behind me and i said yep today is the day and when the officer came up to my car all he did was do that he pointed down he and i lowered the window <laughs> and i said how you doing were you in uniform? I was in my uniform, and I thought that because I had on my uniform, I was going to be able to get away scot-free. a little slap free. on the wrist. A little slap on the wrist because I got out of things before wearing my uniform. And let me just say this. When you have on your uniform, please do the right thing. Do the right thing when you're not in your uniform, but don't try to get away with things when you have yeah, a uniform. Yeah, you hand out a different standard. Yeah, we, we have to uphold the standard. And I'm different. I'm a leader, and I know I'm wrong for doing certain things, or have done certain things. Right. But the officer, uh, after I rolled my window down, he just said, you know you're going to jail, right? <laughs> At that moment, <laughs> now I'm the host, y'all. At that moment, how did you feel when felt, you knew you were going to jail? I felt like I, it's time. I knew I was going to jail eventually mm -hmm. for this reason, because I was a habitual you know, offender when it came to driving without a license. And I didn't have a lot of money back then mm -hmm. to, to keep paying, to get my license reinstated and blah, blah, blah. That's hundreds so, of dollars. Yeah, like, y'all want me to do the right thing? Give me, come on, give me a little break. Can I get a discount? <laughs> but when I went to jail, it was the worst experience ever. When I, it, it was a, it was a, it was the worst, it was one of my worst experiences at the time. Mm -hmm. It was freezing cold. I mm -hmm. had to take off all of my underwear. Yep. I had to put on a jumpsuit that belonged to hundreds and thousands of other people. Um, one of the little holdings, one of the holding cells, it wasn't it wasn't a toilet or anything in there. It was just a pot, it was just a, a cutout on the floor. Mm. And I was in, and it was a glass around the windows and I said, well, where am I supposed to go? Right did there. They, they, did they have tissue? No. Mm. So, we ain't so, doing y'all like that in county jail. We, I did not we have, have tissue. tissue. <laughs> I didn't have tissue. It was just, it was just like, like, yeah, I don't, I'm gonna get my license together. Yeah. So that right there, I learned my lesson. And then when I went back with the rest of the inmates, dog. were you scared? What? I was terrified. 
That's some big girls. I seen it was <laughs> it was one lady from New York. I'll never forget her. She was the reason I never want to go back to jail. This lady scared me to death. What was she saying? Man, listen, this is what happened. Oh gosh. So it was a lady in there that I went to church with. I was like, oh, I'm cool. I'm cool. You, thought, like, no, you so thought you had a friend. I, I had a friend from church. <laughs> Like Pastor Vernon go get us. We can't be in here like this. But we were playing Uno. It was a I sat down at the table like, hey y'all, can I play? Mm -hmm. And they was like, yeah. So I'm sitting there playing Uno. Bomb, draw four. Bomb, I'm hitting them. Draw four. I'm like the youngest one in there now, oh right? Gosh. I'm making these ladies draw she four. Sporty, changing the color. I was on it like, yeah. This lady, when I made her draw four again. She knocked everything off the table and she said, you gonna make me draw four? You gonna make me draw four? <laughs> and she stood up. And oh, like y'all was playing spades. Oh, she yeah. thought y'all was playing spades. She ain't, hold on, look. And I knew this lady was crazy because it was freezing cold in there. She didn't even have on no socks or shoes. She a thug, You know, it's concrete don't get cold. Listen, when I was terrified and the older lady that was sitting next to me, she tapped me, she said, baby, get up. Ba baby, get up. Yeah, take <laughs> baby, a walk. Get up. Take no, a no, walk. no, I took a ran. I took a ran run in that in that cell and closed the door. <laughs> oh, God. And I was like, yeah, I got nine more days, and I don't know what to do. I got nine days left. So every day, I just tried to just sleep as long as I could. Mm -hmm. They didn't let you sleep. You had to get up at five in the morning. You had yeah, to eat. You got to do count. got to do count. The bread was moldy. Like, they gave us lima beans and... Food that don't even go together. And I was just like, like what, like, what? like, like, how is this even legal? But for me, I'm in here for a suspended license. But these other people in here are, they did real crimes. You know what I'm saying? Well, let me stop, let me stop minimizing my crime. Driving with a suspended license is a real crime. Don't do it. A crime is a crime. A crime is a crime. Is a, a crime is a crime. Period. A crime is a crime. But um, yeah, so I, that was my jail story and my mom did come bring me some socks, little linen uh -huh. stuff that they allowed us to have. Did, were you I, there long enough to get yourself some commissary? No, I ain't need nothing. I didn't need nothing but to get out. But when I did leave, you know, I'm a giver, so I gave everything. Y'all want these socks? <laughs> Y'all want this? Like, That's you want this is. shirt? Like, yeah, I gave away everything and I vowed never to go back. And when I got out, my big sister Chanel, mm -hmm. she was waiting to pick me up. Like and you done did about five years. Like I did upstate. five years, but I was so happy to see her. I was like, what's up, Chanel? And she, this all she did. Mm, mm. Mm. Well, you ain't been back, so you and learned I your lesson. Back. I but learned my lesson. It's so. people, people that I've seen. It's like a jail is like a revolving door. Like I know people by name, like legit. I'd be like, girl, what is you? You just got out last week. What you doing back here? <laughs> oh, Miss Speed. I just no. When you know better, you do better. But some people don't. It's just, and some people, it's a cycle for them. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of homeless people in our city. I see a lot of people that getting picked up on trespassing charges and they don't mind being in jail. Three hots in the cot, baby, they good. That is so Yeah. And it's a lot of it's a lot of juveniles in our city, bro. Like, and that what hits different for me because I have a young black son and in county jail, it's nothing but little black boys, mm. juveniles. But y'all juveniles out here doing heinous crimes and it's as a parent and you're your mom you just wonder like what what happened from that time you was cute little ray ray and pookie riding <laughs> on your tricycle to now you out here shooting up people grandma houses you wonder and i used to sit on the juveniles um and just listening to them young boys i just be like what 
happens. Like, I used to go home some nights when I was not telling my husband, I used to like cry for real. Hmm. Thinking about these young black boys, because I think about my own son. And you know, you try to be a good mom and try to give your kids what you didn't have. And then at a certain point, once you've raised them, you've raised them. And you can no longer be held accountable for what your kids do. So I think about those boys that are locked up, how their parents must feel. And it makes me feel some type of way because our kids are so innocent when they're young, but it's like, as time progresses, they evolve, they change just like we do. And you never know where they go end up. So what do you think we could do differently for our youth here in the city? Mainly, it's when I was a JIT, like middle school, elementary. Jitterbug. Yes, <laughs> when I was a JIT, we had boys and girls clubs, yeah. we had, um, Y'all remember the teen club? We had teen yes. night at the clubs. <laughs> but now, the kids don't have nothing but the streets. They don't have nothing but the streets. Like, they don't have any resources in these areas in our city where they're needed. Mm -hmm. Y'all want to put the money on the, the easy breezy side of town. Y'all need to put this money in the city where these kids, they don't, maybe they don't have both their parents. Maybe they don't have a role model. Y'all need to invest programs where it's needed. The money need to go where the money need to go. Instead of over-policing certain areas, you wouldn't have to do that if these kids felt comfortable in their neighborhood. A lot of kids don't have that. Mm -hmm. And it's it saddens me. It really does saddens me because I see in the jail so much talent and potential. Like. You would be surprised just walking these dorms with these boys and these grown men and grown women, like, there's some smart people locked up. And you would never think, that sounds kind of weird saying that. No, but no. These people, I've seen fabulous artists, like, they building stuff, chefs. Now you already know, you said you've been to jail. <laughs> so you know the food ain't always what it's supposed to be. Mm -mm. Man, I done seen people whip together five course meals with just some commissary bricks. I'm talking about, they cooking up everything. I be like, let me get okay, y'all surviving for real. But back to the juveniles and our situation within our own city, it's resources. Resources really need to be implemented in areas where these kids have an outlet. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was, a middle school age, elementary age, I always had something to do. You know, I mean, it was a few boys out here, you know, dealing or maybe getting in fights, but these boys these days, baby, they is trigger happy. It's scary. It's very scary. And you scary. know what? Everybody is so desensitized because of social media. Right. It's like, you can shoot somebody right there and everybody will just pull out their phone mm -hmm. and walk right past you. And yeah. that's and it. So. As a community, I feel like at a certain point, we have to start doing something. You know, we have to start doing something. Even if it's just seeing a young boy, young girl, maybe they, you know, they in the streets or they outside for real. Just a basic conversation. Just, how you doing, baby? Mm -hmm. What's going on in your life? Mm -hmm. Because they don't, a lot of people don't have that. As adults, some adults don't have that. But I'm glad I got you, because you know I be venting my behind off the <laughs> All the crazy stuff we listen to. Right. <laughs> oh, Morgan is re referring to me being her lash uh, tech. 
Yes. If you haven't noticed yet, it's a pattern. I'm, I'm pulling in all my, my wonderful clients um, to interview because I meet so many of you guys that just, you're out here doing amazing things. And you just being a correctional officer and uh, providing the space for people to confide in you while you're in the prisons too, well, in the jails, mm -hmm. like speaking to the youth, encouraging them. Do you feel like being a therapist is a part of your job? And Yeah, in I, I do sometimes, especially um, when I was telling you earlier, I had a female juvenile mm -hmm. that was facing like real deal charges. This girl had been through so much. She could not read. Really, she probably was on like a third grade reading level, 17 mm -hmm. years old. But you're in, the, you're in. The, she was in the streets for real, and she didn't have a mom. So we would just, I would just talk to her like she was my kid for real. Like, mm -hmm. okay, give her a journal, write down where you, where you see yourself in five years. If you get out, you gotta have a plan. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, she did get out. She beat her charges, but she's right back in the system. And now she's not a juvenile no more. She's a, you up there with the big dogs, the mm -hmm. grown women. So it saddened me to see her come back, but I know um, my conscience is clear because I tried to reach her, you know? And I tell everybody the only difference between me and an inmate was a choice. Wow. It was a choice. And that's how I go into my job, treating mm -hmm. them. I don't treat them like, you know, I don't treat them like animals. You're not an animal, you're a human. And the only difference between me and you was a decision that was made. We could walk out of here right now, something could pop off, and we could find ourselves in a position, you know what I'm saying? So that's how people have to go into life. Like, you can't, don't think you better than anybody. Okay, Morg. Okay. Do you know anybody um, that you've worked with personally that has come back into the prison or the jail on the opposite side yes of the doors it happens all the time and like we were saying earlier when you're in law enforcement when you're in the military you're held at a different standard mm -hmm. but we're human we make mistakes we we have everyday lives we have families you know a lot of us have our own stuff going on and sometimes you get caught up. So I've seen my coworkers come in through the back door and you go through the same process, baby. Put your hands against the wall. Ooh. Go, go, go through the process. I wanna I wanna hear. <laughs> Let us hear. Like I wanna no, I wanna I wanna be there right oh, you now. Wanna I don't be wanna be in, you there. wanna be immersed. I wanna be immersed, but um I don't want the universe or God to put me in there. Right. We rebuke all that. We re yeah, we don't we don't we don't subscribe no, to but that. When but you're, when you're arrested, um, you know, you're in the back of the cop car. Mm -hmm. When you come up to the jail, you go through intake. You have to get searched, thoroughly searched. What's the temperature like in, air in intake? I want to I wanna be oh, there. it's cold. It's cold. cold. I'm cold. You're real cold. cold. Okay. What's you're next? Real cold. What's next? They're going to ask you, do you have anything that could hurt yourself or others? You got anything that can hurt yourself or others? My no. brain. I'm That's a bar. I'm not, I'm not gonna play with her, y'all. I'm not. That's a bar. But legit, you're gonna get searched. We're gonna make sure you don't have any drugs, any weapons, or mm -hmm. anything, any of thing, anything of that nature on you. Then you're gonna get your behind on the scanner. Mm -hmm. We'll put you on the scanner because sometimes some of y'all women, that personal pocketbook, some women like to shove stuff in the personal pocketbook. So the scanner is gonna be able to see all that. It's the all, it's the everything. It's gonna there. see all that. If you're hiding it, it's gonna get found. 
What's the worst thing somebody you done found in the pocketbook? Man, people done shoved whole cell phones. <laughs> you could, iPhone 13. Hey, <laughs> you heels, like all types of drugs, like. Ooh. So how do you get it out? Like, how do you, how do they like? Oh, you're gonna take it out. All right, so we in the process. We we stripping, we we searching. You found something in the scanner. I'm what gonna do you hey, um, baby, you got anything on you? You sure? No, ma'am. Mm -mm. No officer, I'm happy. Okay. I'm gonna ask you one more time. If you don't go and take whatever it is you got out, because a lot of them, they try to hide it because they don't want to catch no extra charges. Mm -hmm. It's too late. If you are found with any type of contraband, once you take that one step in the intake, that's extra charge. But what if y'all just pulled me off the, y'all came and get, got me. Hey. How y'all gonna charge me extra? What's, Cause it's already in me. If it's in the facility, see that's, that's what the, I be talking about. Y'all be extra, trying to just stack, it's the extra stack, charge. Stack. It's the extra charge. But um, yeah, you'll be surprised what people try to get inside the facility, and it's mm -hmm. mainly drugs. It's mainly drugs, not really weapons, but them drugs. Them people be trying to get. Is it more drug use on the inside or on the outside? Mmm. Mmm. It's drugs. It's bad in county. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> County jail is is bad, and I mean, but look at our city. Look at all the drugs that's going on in the city. It's bad. So, if the city is bad, you have all of these people. You have compacted in this big giant concrete block. What you think? Every it's just gonna be immediately rehabilitation? Never. No, it's not. It's really not. I mean, even with all the drug programs we have substance abuse um, we have programs for young moms you know trying to get people on the right track it's honestly i'm not gonna say some people are hopeless but it's some people you just cannot get through like like i said it's a revolving door i see like the same people all the time mm. wow yeah it's bad I, but again you know another thing the county in the city that we live in there's no mental hospital for real mm -hmm. like you know how you see the movies and it's like a big creepy giant building where they put all the people with mental disorders yeah they got rid of those years decades ago so where do all so, the people with issues go now county jail baby <laughs> oh my god county jail so not so only are the parents the babysitters the therapists the doctors yeah it's it's crazy um and going into this field i did not know county jail was like that until i got there and i'm like oh like it's some people here that are like really need help I have seen people eat their own feces. I have seen people intentionally hurt themselves. I have seen people jump off the second floor, just mm. stand up and drop. Like I've seen people try to hang themselves. I've seen people, yeah, it's, I can go on and on, but it's like, like I tell anybody, it's a different world and county jail is, is different. It's not just you checking on the inmates, taking count, passing food, passing out meds with nurse. Like you are literally in a different world and 
it can be mentally draining along with physical but that's why i'm saying you got to learn how to you have to have a strong mind it's mm -hmm. not it's not for everybody do you do anything that keeps you grounded mentally and physically and emotionally um mentally i journal okay we love to journal <laughs> yes i um i journal a lot i try to express myself through journaling and mm -hmm. like i was telling the young lady earlier like i have journals from like that i used to write in college like i used to just stack them up mm -hmm. never did throw them away might need to go back and revisit some things to humble myself yes <laughs> but um i burn them like after a couple years if i get too many i burn them it's like a cleanse like a purge mm -hmm. so as an adult um i still journal i try to instill journaling with my son like Put it on paper, because to me, nothing is real unless it's on paper, like... Come on, can you tell the people what to do again? <laughs> One more time. Journal, people. Nothing is real unless it's on paper. You are held accountable. Yes. Yeah, and that's why I try to hold myself accountable for a lot. I mean, I fall short many a times, but I always try to recenter myself mm -hmm. and, you know, find that... I try to be purposeful, friend. Yes. yes. I love that. I love that. Thank you, you love for that. thank you for protecting us. Yes. Thank you for showing inmates kindness and compassion. Thank you for being you. Like you're super dope. Oh, like like wow. I would never think you were a correctional officer if I seen you on the street. Do you consider yourself a bruised flower? I definitely consider myself a bruised flower, and I um when you say bruised flower, it makes me think like. If I was a flower, what type of flower would I be in? I think I would be a lotus flower. Tell us why. You wanna know why? Friend? I wanna know everything about um, you. A lotus flower, it its roots are muddied. It grows on top of water, but the roots are in mud. So, uh, and it grows a beautiful flower still. So, grown from the dirtiest water, blooms a beautiful flower. Yeah. You on fire. Ah, you was on pow, fire. Pow. So like even fire. with hurricanes, storms, um, it's rooted deep in the mud. The roots are deep in the mud. So can't nothing knock it down. It's, it's still going to bloom, baby. It's Ooh. still going to be beautiful. You bet. <laughs> Thank you for this. Like you just, you just, you just got me fired up. Yeah. I love so it. like, I love it. and I'm not going to say I've had a, troubled childhood or anything like that but i have been through some things just as a black woman as a mother as a wife we talk a lot about trying to balance everything mm -hmm. and we have so much going on our, our brains are just constantly flickering our minds are constantly flickering but we always have to remember before wife before mom before entrepreneur before employee we were us first. And I constantly remind myself of that. Mm -hmm. And I think of you so much because, yeah, girl, I be thinking about you because you empower me, honestly. Like, you do. I be like, yeah, my friend owns two businesses. She got a podcast, <laughs> honey. She be getting my lashes together. And you still, you have a family, you, you have a husband, you have, you know, your kids. And you still be around here with your head up high. And I know you be going through the stuff because I be going through the stuff. Mm -hmm. But nobody could ever tell. Nobody could ever tell. Girl, don't make me cry. Thank you. Okay, I ain't going to make her cry, y'all. But yes, I, I am a bruised you. flower. Okay. 
so we got to get out of here but i have a, a serious question to ask yes ma'am since you are around so much hardship and <sighs> intense people period how do you maintain your femininity like how do you how do you take off your uniform and you um hmm I think you got me, friend. Oh, <laughs> I, I ain't gonna let you stop me. Um, <laughs> when I get off work, um, since I am around a lot of people and stuff, I never come inside my house with my uniform on. So like I'll get in the garage, close the garage, strip down to my underwear, and I go straight to the bathroom. And when I'm in the bathroom taking a shower, my husband knows, my son knows, that's mommy's time. Mm -hmm. So like as that water hit me, honey, it's like it's just washing it all away. It's washing it all away. But as far as me still remaining, you know, with my femininity, it's, it's a struggle because I've never been like, oh, I'm going to get my makeup done and mm -hmm. put on some heels. I'm comfortable in some some J's some lip gloss but these lashes gonna be done y'all know the lashes gonna be done if, as long as I got the lashes I'm in them but um I don't know it, I guess I feel really myself and like a woman when I'm around my husband he reminds me that regardless Ooh, that's of, juicy <laughs> regardless of what I'm doing in a day like I'm a whole thug in real life mm -hmm. but when I'm home with my family I'm me like I can really like d shed all of that hard exterior and be myself well miss Morgan miss feminine <laughs> tomboy yes thugged out Morgan yeah can you please leave our audience with something impactful let just tell them something tell them something that could be life-changing tell you something that could be life-changing um what I would say to the people, to the listeners, y'all listen up. Y'all listen, put, clean out your ears. Mm -hmm. Never put yourself in a position where you think you're better than anybody else. Because at the end of the day, no matter how much money you got, no matter what type of job, car you drive, whether you're single, married, or whatever, we're all people. We all go through the same stuff. Rich people, poor people, black, white, we all go through the same stuff. So never think your situation is better than the next person because at a, with a blink of an eye, you could be down bad and you always gonna need somebody. Never think you're too good not to need help. So that's what I will leave the people with. I will give you a hug, but hug yourself because COVID. <laughs> yes. This was, this was so amazing. It was. This was therapeutic. Yes. This was therapy for me. I needed this, sis. Stay out of jail, y'all. Please stay out of jail. Stay out of jail. And if you go there, act right. Know, act right. <laughs> get your together. Yes. Gotta have an exit plan. Have an exit plan. Thank you for this, Morgan. Thank you, friend. Thank you for having me. We're gonna close it out now. <sighs> I just had to take a breath because this was a lot. Yeah, I'm sorry. Wow. You're like so amazing. No, you're amazing. No, dang, girl. <laughs> dang. All right. Well, if this episode resonated with you in any capacity, please leave us a review. Let Morgan know your thoughts. Yes. If you have any jail stories, let us know. Because <laughs> keep them censored. <laughs> keep, keep them censored. <laughs> 
and we will check you guys out next Tuesday, 6 p.m. Make sure you tune into all platforms, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google, Apple, yes. everything. Share, Bruce share, share. Flowers Podcast. We see you guys later. Adios.